Welcome to And What Else, the podcast with me, Wendy O'Byrne, also known as The Completion Coach. And today's episode is going to just expand a little bit more on the art of discipline and how I'm using discipline this year in order to support positive change, in order to support myself making positive change and bringing that into ways and means that are actually helpful. By no stretch of the imagination am I using discipline as a rod to beat myself with, nor am I using discipline as a way to do more or as a way to very sneakily try to overachieve. What I am using discipline for is to support myself to feel resourced. And that was my primary objective and intention with it. I noticed last year I had been massively undisciplined with a lot of things that support me mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, energetically, mindset wise. And my creativity was on the floor as a result of that. And quite often everything felt like it was taking a lot more from me than usual. So my commitment upon doing my reflections at the end of the year was to really be disciplined about how I approached January and to approach it with feeling resourced and being resourced being one of the main ways forward. By resourced, I mean good in my mindset, well slept, nourished, moved, my mind getting to be regularly processed, my emotions getting regularly processed, and my communication feeling good. Being bounded about what I do and don't do. So as I mentioned in the last episode, this is really about my sleep hygiene coming back into being disciplined. That 9pm cut off, which had snuck to 11pm, was back at 9pm. Not dipping into my emails before 7am. I get up early, so 7am was the time I was dipping in after being up for about an hour and a half. Now I'm like, no, 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 no. My emails can be from 9 to 9.30 and, brace yourself for these ones, it is in my diary as an appointment. Because what I realised was I was working all different hours. My life was bleeding into my private life. There was no stop start to work, especially when you respond to things on Instagram, especially when posting in the evening is better for you, especially when weekend views go up, especially when it's really easy to respond on your phone and continue working in really sneaky ways. But I was like, I'm not doing anywhere near as much as I should be doing. Listen to this language. I'm not doing anywhere near as much as I should be doing and I'm wasting time, and I must be wasting time because I'm not getting anything done. So this year, with the art of discipline, I was like, right, let's put things in your diary that you actually do. And so I started putting in time it took me to respond to messages, time it took me to respond to emails, time it took me to prepare for meetings, time it took me to create Instagram posts and post them and interact. All of these things that would never make my diary, the only things that made my diary previously were appointments and things I had to get done and across to other people. The things I actually did throughout the day, including needing to go out for a walk, all of those things went in my diary with actual hours allocated to them. Interesting. 
because you could see things starting to overlap in the system that I used. And it was a system that then looked at what was possible to fit into that day and what would need to be rolled over because they were starting to overlap. So you weren't going to get it done. So it was moving everything along. What its response to me was that there are far too many tasks for the hours. So anything I was expecting myself to do creativity wise was in burnout because actually the job of one person wasn't being achieved. It was far, far more than that. So I was massively overachieving whilst feeling like an underachiever because what I was trying to do was outperform three or four jobs and then expect myself to be creative and lit up enough to do the projects that I really want to do for me. It's not very easy. It's not very easy once you see it written down and see the data and you can go, ah, but yeah, I can see why a lot of things got rolled here because the system that I'm using at the moment is rolling everything that's not viable to get done. You know, it's taken into account not only how long things take, but what needs to be done that I'm not classing as work at the moment. What really stood out within that as well was when I look after the times that I go to bed, the times that I'll open Instagram, when I get a decent night's sleep, I feel far more resourced to make change than when I'm super tired and feel negatively about myself because I crossed my own boundaries the night before. I feel more rested and ready for bed when I read something compared to when I watch TV. Last year, I didn't read a single book. Shock horror. This year, this is being recorded early January, I've already read two fiction books. Not because I'm asking myself to read that many, but because I've got lost in fiction in the time that I was scheduling out of not working and relaxing. I have realised I am far more productive when I am rested than forcing productivity without taking rest. Now, a lot of people on this podcast who are listening and who have been on at guests will recognize that resting isn't easy, that they will feel as if they should be constantly striving for something, doing something, getting along with something, move, 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 move. And there is guilt attached to rest and they find it quite difficult to rest. In fact, we did a whole workshop on it at one point. There's all sorts of reasons why that's difficult, why our nervous system has got used to being fraught in fight or flight and constantly going. But in reality, one of the main ways to create change is to prioritize rest, to plan it into your diary and to then do what you said you would. And by doing that, we're teaching our system, not only is this good for me and I deserve it, but actually, <laughs> here we go. Actually, I am far more energized, I get more done, and I'm far more creative when I am rested. Hence, everybody that goes, I always get ideas in the shower, or just before I'm about to fall asleep. It's because there's room for it. And when you are forcing yourself to overperform, overfunction, there is no room for creativity to be there because logic is squashing it. Now, everybody that comes to work with me is coming to do something, yeah? They, they want to complete. One of the first things I get them out of, as you've heard me talk about on repeat, is all or nothing. They will come in with such pride about their all or nothing behavior. And it's the first thing that I ask them to dismantle with me. Because all or nothing 
will have you exhausted, will have you putting far too much in your diary, will have you overcommitted, because all or nothing comes from a place, brace yourself, all or nothing comes from a place of quitting. All or nothing comes from a really short-term view, and all or nothing comes from the place that eventually you'll be able to abandon this, so don't worry too much about it. You've only got to grin and bear it for a short period of time. The approach I prefer everybody to have is that bare minimum, is because by doing the bare minimum, we are actually convincing our brains about who we are and what we do and rewiring our entire narrative around completion which creates a compound effect, which creates huge change. It's just the way that it is. But the bare minimum is the long game. The bare minimum is about sustainability. And the bare minimum makes sure that you're resourced enough. And my other favorite topic is the bare minimum is consistency. Constant would be if you were a robot. And that would be, I do these things in these circumstances, in these ways, and nothing else ever. It's so rigid. And it's like, win win or lose, check yes or check no. That's the only option we've got. It's really black and white thinking. And it's a really closed mindset. People trying to create change whilst instilling the most rigid rules they can would always face more barriers and give up. Because they're giving themselves the perfect recipe to say, oh, it's not right. These are not the perfect scenario. I'm going to stop and we'll start again next week. People in the growth mindset are the people who find the most flexible way to be consistent because we are consistent by nature. How can you consistently be well-resourced so that you are in the best possible space to take action? How this gets misconstrued on the internet is people saying, raise your vibration and you will attract everything that you desire. Be positive. (laughs) The realities of what it is, is if you are well-resourced, if your basic needs have been met, and if you are looking after yourself to ensure that you are in the best position possible to thrive, emotionally, mentally, energetically, and spiritually, then you will be able to handle challenges and take action from that place in the most problem-solving, solution-based manner to keep going. That will result in actions creating outcomes which will create a manifestation of change. It's not as snazzy as positive vibes, babes, but it is true. It is true. If you are well-resourced, then you are in a position to handle things with a solution-based mindset, which is flexible, which means that you will continue to find ways forward, rather than when you are on your ass, unresourced, and trying to take action from that space, which will feel really difficult. Now, I'm not going to hit on too many things in this podcast, because I don't want to bombard you. But I do want you to figure out what behaviors and habits need to come into place for you to feel well resourced. So for example, a really fixed all or nothing mindset would be, I'm going to walk 10,000 steps a day. Because the reality of it is, you can't walk 10,000 steps every day. Some days it'll be 20,000, some days it'll be 12,000, sometimes it'll be 8,000, sometimes it'll be 3,000. The thing that matters is that overall, you're active, and getting outside. They're the benefits for me. 
So instead of having 10,000 steps and I didn't do it today, so I'm going to start again on Monday, I didn't do it now, so I'll start then, means that you just have the goal, get outside twice a day. That's my particular habit. Get outside twice a day. It's really good for me mentally. It's really good for me emotionally. It's really good for me spiritually. It's really good for me creatively. It's really good for me to move. It's the way that I honor moving my body. I do not gauge it by how many steps I've done. I just get out. Some days that's for 10 minutes. Some days that's for an hour. It changes, but I am consistently going out the house twice a day, every day to move, to walk, to clear, to breathe. All of those things support me so that I feel better resourced. I complete those things every day. So in my head, I'm a walker. And because I'm not fixated on whether I did well or badly at that walk, whether it hit 10,000 or 9,000 steps, because I don't count any of that. The only thing that matters to me is that I got outside twice today and did what I said I would. Whatever that was viable and possible for me today, I've done it. What I'm telling my brain is that I'm somebody that does what she says she'd do, which is building self-trust, which is changing my neural pathways, which is urging me to crave completion because it knows that I do it. And so it's always knowing that I will find the best possible solution every day to do what I said I'd do. I'm flexible. I don't sit down to journal in the same way every single day. I don't sit down to meditate in the same way every single day. But I do meditate and I do journal every day, no matter what it looks like. Now, I'm well known with my clients for habit stacking and for shifting them out of all or nothing with bare minimum habit stacking. I want things that you do to be so easy, no matter where you are or what's going on, you could do them. Not only when circumstances are perfect. So everybody that has worked with me or been in a workshop with me or heard me speak at any point on the internet would have heard me talking about the fact you should have it stack with when you go to the toilet. Have it stack with when you go to the toilet because you always wash your hands. We're always peeing. We can't help ourselves because we're hydrated, resourced people. And in that time, there is usually a mirror. So I ask everybody to make eye contact at that time to just see how they respond to that eye contact. To repeat free affirmations silently in their head, they can be your own. And to just see what reaction you get. This will tell you more about yourself in a really short period of time than anything else that you try. And it's so easy and so simple that loads of people won't do it. But your eye contact will tell you when you can and can't do it. When you are moving backwards, when you are leaning forwards, when there's an instant smile, when there's a face of thunder. Saying the affirmations or refusing to say them, how you react to them, what your voice is saying internally about them, everything is giving you data. And effectively, you've done mirror work, journal work, and you are going to take action from it, together with affirmational language. Tick, tick, tick. There's an awful lot of to-dos being done there just by making that eye contact, repeating some words in your head, and seeing what your reaction is. So when I might go in there mid-morning and absolutely not, I know I need to get out of my own energy. I know I need something. Whether that be to get out the house and go for a walk, whether that's do a quick meditation, whether that's stretch, whether that's go to bed early tonight, whether that's refigure the timescales on this, whether that's ring a friend. Whatever it is I need, I do it 
And by doing it, I'm building even more self-trust that I can be trusted, not just with this information, but to do something about it. You're also reparenting yourself in this moment. There's a lot happening just by going to the loo and checking out your reflection and doing something with it. You will build a different relationship with yourself on so many levels. And this is by habit stacking with something you already do. Doesn't matter where I am or what's happening. Whenever I see a mirror and I'm in the bathroom, this is an automatic response from me now to check my eye contact, to say my affirmations and to see how I'm feeling as a result of that. Because if we stay in all or nothing, we are setting ourselves up for failure. We're putting our sights on something big and we are putting immense pressure and we're telling ourselves it's perfection or nothing. Perfection or nothing, which is automatically overwhelming, anxiety-inducing, demotivating. And when you are in that daunting prospect, your brain resorts to procrastination and avoidance as a way to cope. Because what you have set it, it's ridiculous. Whereas if we are in the beauty of feeling resourced and habit stacking, what we're doing is we're building up our resilience, our agility. We are building up our resourcefulness. We are building our flexibility. And within all of that, we are putting ourselves in a position to tackle things from a really resourced sense within ourselves. So if you then want to create change, your brain is looking for solution-orientated ways to bring that change into your life as flexibly as possible in a way that feels good, that's so easy to do that you will crave the completion. You have set yourself tasks that are doable, that are achievable in real life with everything else that's going on. Because most people are setting a goal that's outside of their existing goals that need to also be met. And the experience is satisfying. The brain becomes really delicious on this sense of accomplishment. I've done it. I said I'd done it and I've done it. So it starts to become eager about the next small thing and the next small thing and the next small thing. Rather than thinking, I won't finish this. It starts to just think about the next small task. So instead of being in the constant state of frustration, quite often resentment, self-doubt and disappointment, because you're constantly measuring yourself to falling short, that negative emotional feedback loop can be broken. And instead we move to consistency, we move to incremental And we start to create a positive emotional feedback loop about what you can achieve and do. And this allows your creativity to come back to life. When your creativity can come back to life, you will find so many ways forward. And it will be from a place of joy and desire and yes, rather than fighting yourself and taking action from frustration. And frustrated action usually ends in abandonment. If you weren't going to abandon your goal, dream, desire, what would be the first small step that you would take? That's what I'd like you to think about. There's so much more to say on habit stacking, on all of the words that I've been using, including consistency, which we will expand upon. But for now, I really want you to think about that. If you were thinking about a long-term 
goal of change that you were going to stay with, that you were super flexible about how you achieved it. And your first step right now was to change your habits to be so in your favor to help you feel resourced. What would you start doing to assist your resourcefulness? Because by changing how resourced I feel, I have changed how I feel about me. And in doing that, it's making the tasks and the challenges enjoyable. And if I hadn't done that, I would be setting myself a challenge or a task, hoping that by achieving that, I would feel more resourced and better about myself. And that's the way that we're so slippery as humans. Imagine if we had entire workforces who were asked to put into their diaries the things that it takes to complete the things that they need to do. And we ensured they were resourced in every single way to achieve and perform to the level that we're asking them to. How much better the team would actually tackle things and achieve compared to if you do this, then the reward is that. So we will resource you at the end rather than resource you consistently. Something for the companies out there to think about. Something for you to think about if you are your company, how you're running you. And also something to think about in every area of your life, because this isn't just about professional goals. This is about everything that you want to do on every level. I'm going to finish up here because this is actually the fourth recording of this podcast. There's a whole story about what's happened before. But as always, if you think this would be useful, please forward it to somebody else. If you've got questions, DM me on Instagram or pop me an email, wendy at thecompletioncoach.co.uk. If you would like a one-to-one session with me and want to dip your toe into that water, I am running one-off sessions, which you can book via my website for January, February and March. And other than that, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate the time that you've taken to listen. It's good to be back.